lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre is here, as is Todd Erzin, our good friend Shannon Joy, returning New York talk show host. She'll be joining us here momentarily for the Dace Group. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can also check us out on those free speech alternatives to those two platforms as well. Like us on MeWe, Gab, look for Steve Dace there. Follow Steve Dace at Steve Dace on Parlor. And if you are looking for clips of the show that you can uh, sample for free and then hopefully share with other people, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace and also rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. I'm going to warn you, We are doing some distracted broadcasting today. For the very first time, uh, my beloved Michigan Wolverines are playing as the one seed in the Big Ten tournament. We've never had this conflict before where they were playing while we were live on the air. Right. But that is occurring right now. All right. So if I seem somewhat distracted, it is not because you've noticed I brought an extra device, my iPad, which is running the game live right now in real time while we are doing a live broadcast. Now, I know you guys have marveled at my ability to multitask in the past. I mean, on a given day, I'm sitting here um, doing the show, tweeting, answering emails, looking stuff up, right? Correct. You guys were here on nighttime shows when I worked for, when I wrote for USA Today, or I'd have a, a midnight deadline, like on election night, and I would sit here during the show, during commercial breaks, writing a column while we were doing the show because we were on deadline. Yeah, it's, right? we- it's weird. It is weird. It is weird. This is going to test those limits, though. Okay, this is going to test those limits, but I'm ready. I, I I decided, you know what? I usually have built bar time in the middle of the show. I decided to 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 bust out the built bar before the show began. All right, so I feel like I've got my as uh, we used to do these uh, liners with our kids when they were little, have them come on and talk about dad and their baby voices. And Zoe once said, "I can feel it." I can feel my energy. And it like went viral all, all over Des Moines. People loved that clip and she's embarrassed by it today, but I think it's adorable. Well, I can feel my energy because I had my built bar before we got started. So I so I am going to do this show, all the other stuff I do while doing the show and watch my favorite team at the exact same time, which means these guys are going to probably talk more. All right. But if you want to give built bar a shot over 20 flavors, all of them covered in 100% Real chocolate is the best protein bar you've ever had. It's the most nutritious candy bar you've ever tried because it has the taste, flavor, texture of a candy bar. 160 calories or less per bar. Three to five grams of carbs, sugar per bar. That's it. Up to 20 grams of protein per bar. You cannot beat it. You can try it right now. Use my last name. Dace as the promo code. D-E-A-C-E. Definitely make sure you you check out the chocolate chip cookie dough, the coconut chunk brownie. The new flavors are spectacular. Use my name if you've never gone there before for your first time at BuiltBar.com. B-U-I-L-T. BuiltBar.com. But hey, we don't want to discriminate against those of you that are coming back for seconds or thirds. So if it's your next trip over to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code DACE to get 20% off as well. Coming up a little bit later on, of course, it will be time for your feedback on a Feedback Friday. But we begin, as we always do, with the DACE group.
Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by our friends at Home Title Lock who do not want you to experience home title theft this year because it can ruin you financially. Here's how the crime happens. The legal titles to our homes are all kept online where they can now be hacked. Cyber thieves know this. So when they find your home's title, they forge your signature on what's called a quick claim deed to make it look like you have sold your home to them. And then they take out loans against your home's equity until it's gone. You often won't even find out about this until the collection calls or worse, begin pouring in and know your homeowner's insurance, your mortgage lender does not protect you. But Home Title Lock does. And in the unlikely event, you still become a victim while a member. Home Title Lock pledges to spend up to a quarter of a million dollars in legal fees to restore your home's title rightfully to you. You can't beat that deal. So go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Protect your most important asset. Register your address to see if you're already a victim and didn't yet know it. And then while you're there, use this code RADIO. Code RADIO for 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. Let us begin with issue one. Bleep, Lord Nefarious says. When this pandemic ends, and it will end soon, we're not going to go back to normal. Because I think we all agree, normal was never good enough. The president will deliver his first primetime address uh, to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the COVID-19 shutdown. If we do all this, if we do our part, if we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends, We'll be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout or a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. If we can show South Africa for a second, look at what has happened there. They had this, they first detected in October of 2020, huge surge, as you can see, they're their biggest surge, and now it's come way, way down. Less than 1% of the country, John, has been vaccinated. So again, that steep decline is not because of vaccines. That is another reminder, even with one of these concerning variants, that basic public health measures work. Commemorate the one-year anniversary of the COVID-19 shutdown. Listen to Dr. Fauci, one most distinguished and trusted voices in the world. He's assured us the vaccines are safe. Health authorities in Denmark, Norway, and Iceland suspended the use of AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine shots on Thursday, following reports of the formation of blood clots in some people who had received the vaccine. What's the science behind not saying it's safe for people who have been vaccinated, receive two doses to travel? And when you don't have the data and you don't have the actual evidence, then you've got to make a judgment call. I want to thank you both. And I want to thank the the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general. But my my uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary for all he's done to try to implement what we've just talked about and for recommending these two women for promotion where we're making good progress designing body armor that fits women properly tailoring combat uniforms for women creating maternity flight suits so we've got new hairstyles and maternity flight suits pregnant women are going to fight our wars it's a mockery drama tv Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I call it. I understand some comments were made yesterday and I watched the clip that Mr. Carlson produced. Let me offer you my opinion. My opinion is based off of 28 years of actual service in the military, 28 years in the Marine Corps, 
in combat operations out at sea and in garrison. Those decisions were made by medical professionals, by commanders, and our civilian leadership. We were promised a White House cat. What, what happened to that? Where is the cat? Today's a good day for the cat. Um, I don't have any update on the cat. We know the cat will break the internet. Now today there are over 3,700 children, unaccompanied migrant children, in Border Patrol custody. They're spending on average over 100 hours, four days, in these facilities that are jail-like facilities not meant for children. So how can you say that's not a crisis? Well, I think what uh, Ambassador Jacobson and Secretary uh, Mayorkas were conveying and what I've conveyed is it doesn't matter what you call it. I know Governor Abbott down in Texas has uh, has uh, expressed some of his concerns and many of those have not been based in fact. Anti-Semitic platforms like GAB have no place in Texas and certainly do not represent Texas values. They're putting that stimulus check on the back burner. They're putting the minimum wage hike on the back burner. And they're dropping bombs in Syria right now. And those bombs are kind of expensive for a dude who owes me $2,000. So first question, what was the best of this week's worst? Shannon, as our guest, you get to go first. Go ahead. Hey, fellas, I have to go with uh, Joe Biden and his address to the country Channeling King Theoden from Lord of the Rings is what I came away with from his presentation, which was really a 30-minute infomercial for Pfizer. Uh, It is indeed apparent that all of our federal government, local governments, are sponsored by Pfizer. And the fact that Pfizer isn't getting a return on their investment, because that was the worst marketing pitch I've ever seen in the history of my life. Go and take this experimental Uh, mRNA vaccine that has not been properly tested, is not uh, even approved by the FDA, only under emergency use authorization. Uh, Get this experimental vaccine and maybe, maybe by July 4th, we'll let you out of your cages for a couple hours to have a little barbecue. Make sure you're under the 10 number, uh, wear your masks and social distance, but we can't even guarantee that. Uh, This is why Americans are rejecting the vaccine. I've been watching this nationally. It's truly astounding that 50% of healthcare workers have continued to reject this vaccine. 30% of military personnel have rejected this vaccine. I've been watching the FEMA mass vaccination sites across the country. A lot of reports that they're empty, they're ghost towns. And this is because Americans are waking up to the scam. And they're waking up to the fact that so many of our politicians, including our president, are bought off and paid for by big tech and big pharma, despite the fact that we now know from VAERS, the federal reporting agency, there have been tens of thousands of serious adverse reactions resulting in emergency room visits and urgent care visits, and also almost 2,000 reported deaths post-vaccine. That's the immediate adverse reaction. We don't even know what to expect in six months regarding the long-term effects of that mRNA technology and pathogenic priming. So, you know, that was, for me, the most egregious, egregious statement of the day. And it's quite clear to me that we have no one, at least at the federal level, and no Republicans as well. I mean, this is, you know, an indictment on Joe Biden. But remember, it was President Trump that gave us Operation Warp Speed and Republicans in office right now who are saying nothing about this. And so to me, that was that was the worst. Aaron. Uh, it's the gruff sounding um, camouflage, donning um, ex-Marine or current Marine 
talking about responding, responding on behalf of the military, responding to a cable news host comments about how uh, pregnant women in combat or military roles is is not exactly a good idea. The fact that our military would even think on any level at any level that it's one of their priorities to respond to a talk show host one that that's that's mind blowing but two um what it's about as well i mean we had this we had these conversations back in 2015 and 2016 i remember that um I, and you couple that news or couple that with the news um from this week hidden inside the uh, Biden executive order on trannies is a provision that allows your taxpayer dollars to go to military service members who think they are due or who are dudes who think they're ladies and ladies who think they're dudes to have surgeries. Guys, the only thing that's standing between um, anybody calling our debt right now, the national debt right now, is our military. We don't have a gold standard. We have a military standard. Um, you start chipping away at that and it has been chipped away at a lot already. You, you, you don't really have in terms of an, in terms of an international stage, you, you don't really have a country worth speaking of. Todd, those first two answers were dynamite, man. So good luck to you. Your turn. Go ahead. Yeah. They both took answers. I, uh, easily could have and would have uh, given, but listen, uh, I'm going to go with Greg Abbott. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Are you yeah. Ki- are you kidding me? Nobody even knows what Gab is yet. God bless you, Gab, for it. But Idiot. this is how you're spending your time, ta- Texas. For the love of God, we're gonna have to have places to go. All right, get your house in order and enough with this fool. So, How's that? That's pretty good. I mean, I, the I want to go back to what you said for just a second. Did you look at his answer? The, the the Marine Corps or the Marine Commandant's answer to Tucker Carlson yeah. there was there was no answer it wasn't an answer I've been here for twenty yeah, it's just years. all it's all appeal to authority fallacy he might as well just said uh, keep locking down because Anthony Fauci said so I mean there no data no moral authority just all appeal to authority fallacy well we went through these chains of command and came up with this decision well I don't know. We, we've come up through, that, that, that's nothing. That doesn't tell me anything. We've done chains of commands and decided that aborigines were one-third human. We've done chains of command and decided that blacks were three-fifths of a citizen. We've done chains of commands and decided, you know, the earth's probably flat. I mean, that, that doesn't do a, a, a damn thing. That, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean absolutely anything. It's a complete, frankly, the word I'd like to use for that a Marine Commandant, and I'd, I'd be happy to say it to his face, because I'm I'm, I'm pretty confident if that's his argument, I could whoop his ass. What he is, I can't really say on this show, but I think you all know exactly what I'm thinking. Furthermore, any society that ever sends its women out to fight its wars while its able-bodied men stay home, let alone its pregnant women, isn't worth defending no. or preserving or conserving anyway. That that society is dry bones, brother. That That is a dead, dead letter is what that society is. Let's get to the exit question. And I decided this week, I decided not to, to bust Lindsey Graham's balls this week. Because frankly, I thought he was starting to like it. So let's get to the exit question. On a scale of one to 10, 
with one being how many years Joe Biden will be lucky to last in the White House and 10 being how many times Kamala Harris has already plotted to invoke the 25th Amendment. Uh, rate this week's level of total depravity, Aaron. Eight and a half. Todd. Ten. Shannon. Ten. I'm eight and a half. Aaron, what's up with you, man? I, I just Still on your honeymoon? Apparently. Apparently. All right, all right, all right. Let's get to issue two. First rule of assassination is you kill the assassins. A weekly tradition unlike any other for the past couple months is another bombshell or expose on the organization known as the Lincoln Project. The Lincoln Project, of course, is the group started by former Republican consultants that made no small name for itself by roiling Trump supporters and Trump himself over the last couple of years. But it started to fall apart, as you know by now, after allegations of homosexual predatory behavior on the part of one of the group's co-founders, ex-John McCain campaign manager John Weaver. In the weeks that have followed, it's become clear the Lincoln Project is and has been an inconvenient ally to the left. And now that the election is over, the market for their services is apparently dwindling. This week, the New York Times published yet another expose regarding the Lincoln Project, focusing largely on the group's finances and intra-organizational civil wars on how to divvy up the grift. The story details the origins of the Lincoln Project and its unexpected quick success, garnering over $87 million in donations last year. The group's co-founders, Rick Wilson, John Weaver, Reed Galen, and Steve Schmidt, the story says, acted fast to funnel money out of the organization, a PAC, to vendors they themselves own. Quote, the behind-the-scenes moves by the four original founders showed that whatever their political goals, they were also privately taking steps to make money from the earliest stages and wanted to limit the number of people who would share in the spoils. Over time, the Lincoln Project directed about $27 million, nearly a third of its total fundraising, to Mr. Galen's consulting firm, from which the four men were paid, according to people familiar with the arrangement, end quote. The story also delves into the allegations against Mr. Weaver once more, reiterating previous reporting that, contrary to some of the co-founders' assertions, the group really did know about Weaver's conduct as early as January of 2020. The story goes on to tell of a civil war that broke out amongst leadership at the Lincoln Project. Quote, not long after the election with relationships fraying over the group's finances, Mr. Schmidt and Mr. Wilson sought to formalize their control of the project by pushing to join the board of directors. Mr. Steslow and Mr. Madrid, also board members, were sent a resolution to sign that would add Mr. Schmidt and Mr. Wilson to the board. Mr. Steslow and Mr. Madrid instead requested a meeting to discuss the proposal. They were rebuffed. What followed was an attempt by some of the aforementioned names to funnel millions of dollars from the Lincoln Project into a new pack and general run-of-the-mill douchery the founders are known for. Whatever becomes of the Lincoln Project, it's clear they've served their purpose to the left and now are a liability. All right. I want to provide a disclaimer. Here's why I chose this topic. I, I have no interest in relitigating their role in the last election because, frankly, I don't think they had one. I don't think they made any impact whatsoever. I, I think they just provided political porn for MSNBC viewers who wanted, who were tired of the current episodes of Leave Me Alone on Baton. That's not why I picked this topic. I picked this topic because a lot of the people involved in this organization were involved in running the Republican Party for about 25 years. Oh, yeah. Secondly, um, I, I picked this topic because we're, this, is the, this is a trend line we're saying, which gets to the opening question I'm going to ask. And I want our audience to be educated on who they're up against, meaning both the people running the Republican Party or have in the past 
and are vying to still contend to control it. But then what they're up against on the left, because you're going to have to fight a two-front war, folks. I mean, you, you don't have a political party. You have one maybe you can throw up there if you want uh, as a speed bump to slow down what's coming over the wall. But you really don't have a platform nationally that represents you. Right. But you know that. And so I think it's important for us to do a little reconnaissance on the culture of the opposition here. So, Todd, I'll start with you. True or false. The, the Lincoln Project was merely a construct for Democrat media agate prop that Michael Evan, Michael Evan Adi once was. And when he was useless, they took its place. And now that they've served their purpose, they'll be taken out to the curb as the trash. And something else will then when they need it will just be put in its place. False. A, a lot of that is true, but they are more than Michael Avenatti was, and it speaks to what you already said about how long these people have been named within the Republican Party. Within the Catholic Church, I think I've used this before, but there is a a term uh, for uh, the homoerotic subculture that has wormed its way into some of the upper echelons, and it's called the Lavender Mafia. This is the Republican hmm. Party's Lavender Mafia. So like a fifth column is what you're describing kind yeah. of a thing. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's way more than what Michael uh, Avenetti uh, tripped into. Uh, these, I, No doubt they, were, they ultimately had got to the point of utter insanity over Orange Man Bad that they allowed themselves uh, to be used in a particular way at a particular time. But more broadly speaking, uh, th these people have been a cancer for a very, very long time, uh, and they've defined the Republican Party as much as anybody has. Aaron, what do you think? I think for, the, for the record, by the way, Aaron, this is these guys. This is the Republican Party that's existed most of your lifetime. Yep. Yep. When you hear the three of us uh, getting old, middle-aged folkies over here talking about waxing poetic about a Reagan era thing, you don't you don't know any of that. The Republican Party that you know was, was the one that was run by a lot of these people most of your life. Correct. Yeah. yeah correct. It's been a uh, a sight to behold. Let's call it that. I, I think the, the difference between. Michael Avenatti and the Lincoln Project. Michael Avenatti never rose above content for cable news. Right. Uh, the Lincoln Project, though, is a construct, if you will, of a deep sentiment within certain factors uh, or fact factions, I should say, actually, uh, uh, large factions of Republican Party leadership, as you just alluded to, Steve. So there's a big difference, even though it provided a lot of content. Um, that's, it's not, it doesn't just begin and end there. They're they, programmers. They, they are programmers. Mm. Exactly. They're the other side of the looking, looking glass, if you will. So it's, it's, a, it's much deeper than that. And I really don't think there's a heck of a lot more that needs to be said. Um, th then this is, as you just said, this is who the Republican party, this is what they think of you. Nothing sums that up more. And, and I, guys, on the boomer generation, I have been, I have been skeptical, let's say the least, if not antagonistic towards the boomer generation, but nothing sums this up better than when, uh, what's his face? Uh, the guy who lives in Florida on the, on the, uh, on the Lincoln project, not Steve Schmidt, the other one, Rick Wilson went on CNN, started doing his Southern accent uh, impression of Donald Trump supporters, calling them right. credulous boomer rubes. That's what they think of you. That's what they think of me and you and everybody listening and watching this right now. They have disdain and animosity for regular people like you. 
And that was just an extension. The Lincoln Project was just an extension of that. Shannon, floor is yours. That's a great answer, Aaron. Go ahead. Yeah, I agree with both of your sentiment. And I think that the Lincoln Project is a reflection of the Republican Party. It is the Republican Party. When you look at policy, discernible policy outcome, the coming together with Democrats over the past decade, right? It's not just the the fact that that this organization, the Lincoln Project, in, in my estimation, really does, it does... Uh, exemplify the disgusting, decrepit, corrupt underbelly of the GOP, but very well financed, very big players, and they they have the influence. It's not the Tea Party or the conservatives or the Freedom Caucus or any of, of our organizations that have influence over the Republican Party. It is the Lincoln Party and organizations like that that are driving everything. And this is why the Republican Party is falling apart. And so, you know, I, I never understood this scripture in the Bible about I read it for years and years and years, never understood it until a couple of years ago. But it was um, the wineskins. And when you can't pour new wine into old wineskins. Yeah. And and that's that's the essence. I think they exemplify the essence of the Republican Party and why it needs to be, at least at the national level, uh, completely taken apart. And I also think we should start guilt by association. And I think we should start with people like David French and Bulwark and Charlie Sykes and any of the, you know, the conservative thinkers or talkers or those big voices that gave aid and comfort to the Lincoln Project when everybody knew. And see, that's the thing. Everyone knows this goes on. That's what's so disgusting about what's happening in Washington, D.C., and specifically what's happening within the Republican Party is that they all know it. All of them. What you've learned through the Lincoln Project. I mean, the last time I had Charlie Sykes on this show was a few years ago when he wrote a book that was a takedown of the teachers unions. Now he is um, a parrot. While they while they screw at least half of the students in America from getting real instruction, he is a parrot for MSNBC Talking Points. The guy that wrote that book. What what's your what's your learning here, folks? And this is a painful lesson, but you must learn this lesson. Pay attention to what I'm about to say. You wasted the last 25 years on this party. Yep. You were never going to win. I mean, Shannon's out here quoting the New Testament. Let me quote it again. Beware the yeast of the Pharisees. A little bit of leaven ruins the whole batch. A little bit of yeast ruins the whole dough. All right. They were always at the top. It didn't matter how many of you were in the grassroots anywhere. It didn't matter how many of you sold out a CPAC and how no one ever showed up at their, at their establishment events. It didn't matter. They were in control. How do people like Mitt Romney, John McCain become nominees of this party? Now you know. This has been a this idea, and if you didn't vote Republican, you weren't you were you were losing America. These people were a false flag operation. This party has been for the last couple of decades. That's what you've learned, and don't let them get away with the excuse. Well, Trump's persona was just so bad and immoral and radioactive that they couldn't take it anymore. No, no, it just gave them the excuse to do what they always wanted to do. That's all. But this is what they did behind the scenes. And this group of people exist in every Republican Party in the United States of America. Every single state. I promise you they do. I promise you they do. This is a false flag operation. And it has been for a couple of decades now. Now, a lot of you are nodding your heads and saying, well, that's why we voted for Donald Trump. You get an outsider in there. Understand. 
That can't be a one-time outlier one-off. And by the way, on any given day, half the time you like who he's endorsing right now, the other half of the time he's endorsing these people. Okay? It's Lindsey Graham that's going down there to wash his feet at the Mar-a-Lago every other day. Why? Why? These people must be defeated with every bit of the maximum prejudice as the spirit of the age. In fact, the spirit of the age would not be where it is in our culture today if, pardon the pun, the Republican Party had been a real bulwark for what we believe. Exit question. How's that for being distracted while my team ended the half on a 14-2 to two run? Was that okay? You did all right. Okay. Exit question. Uh, uh, who or what? will be the next Democrat media agate prop. Todd. Are you... Everyone? Everyone. Yeah. Aaron, I was looking for something a little bit more specific, but okay. Um, I, I'm just going to pull this out. Uh, how about a uh, transgender uh, Navy SEAL? Not, not like an actual person, a transgender SEAL. Like... Uh, uh, the, the animal that lives in the ocean. That's going to be the next agate prop. Shannon, you have 15 seconds for your answer. Go ahead. Uh, how about Megan and Harry? There you hmm. go. Hmm. It'll be an NFL player. Yeah. I could see that too. Yeah, I could see that too. We'll come back. More of your weekly look at the week that was here next. Trying to sell your home in any environment can be challenging. That's why you need a real estate agent who's going to come in, take charge of the situation. Yes, but also at the same time, understand that they work for you, not you for them. And that's especially important in these unprecedented times. Bing. Thank you. Uh, so where would you find said agent? Well, it's not like, you know, when you go to the real estate company that is king in your market, they just openly rank their agents from worst to best or best to worst. It's not like an agent just puts on his own profile, hey, I'm really lazy, or she puts on hers, hey, if I can't move your home in 30 days, I'm going to probably, you know, just mentally check out. No one does that. Thankfully, though, someone has told you who you can trust in the name kind of says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a website company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates who were tired of agents who talked a big game, but then didn't deliver the results when needed the most. They don't want that to happen to you. Thankfully, it doesn't have to. With realestateagentsitrust.com, we can find you an agent that you would trust just about anywhere you want to move in America. So this is all you need to do. Go to this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, back here with our good friend Shannon Joy, New York talk show host, as we continue on with the day group. Our weekly look at the week that was goes to issue three. Fire Fauci. A year ago this week, Dr. Anthony Fauci told the nation young, healthy people should be able to go on cruises, should they choose. I think if you're a healthy, young person, that there is no reason, if you want to go on a cruise ship, to go on a cruise ship. Just 48 hours later and fewer than two weeks after he wrote in the New England Journal of Medicine comparing COVID to the seasonal flu, Dr. Fauci told Congress we're facing the closest thing to an extinction-level event in modern human history. The seasonal flu that we deal with every year has a mortality of 0.1%. The stated mortality overall of this, when you look at all the data, including China, 
is about 3%. It first started off as 2 and now 3. I think if you count all the cases of minimally symptomatic or asymptomatic infection, that probably brings the mortality rate down to somewhere around 1%, which means it is 10 times more lethal than the seasonal flu. I think that's something that people can get their arms around and understand. Fast forward to present day after the hemming and hawing over the models of last March and April. Permission to hook up on dating apps telling you masks don't work and then only masks work, but you still have to wear a mask after being vaccinated. Fauci, even this week, is still doing his thing. What's the science behind not saying it's safe for people who have been vaccinated, receive two doses to travel? And when you don't have the data and you don't have the actual evidence, then you've got to make a judgment call. When the seminal construct floats through the fallopian tube, and then <laughs> there's the expendable principle. That's who this guy is, dude. He's the Damon Wayans character from In Living Color. Yeah. All right. That's what's going on here. Okay. So what will happen first and why? Aaron, I begin with you. Fauci is fired slash removed or the 25th Amendment invoked against Joe Biden, which happens first and why? I think it's going to be the 25th Amendment because even last night, Joe Biden himself said, you need to trust Dr. Fauci. He said the vaccines were safe, even though this is the, the literally the same day that Denmark joined six other European countries in pulling off the AstraZeneca vaccine off the market. I'm not saying the vaccines are not safe. I'm just saying let's not just... Let's just not just be honest. Okay. We don't know if they work or are as effective as we said they were, but no, we can't do that. They're completely safe. They work 100% of the time, but you still can't go anywhere and you still need to wear a mask, double mask, triple mask. That That's, that's what we get from Fauci, but it's the old gravelly voice. It's kind of the, uh, it's the long, it's the uh, long vowels kind of that. Uh, what is it? Brooklyn or Queens? I don't know. Uh, one of those New York, New York accents. People just like to trust him. He's like good grandpa, and people still, still, I, I think, uh, love him to some degree. So I think it's far more likely that the 25th Amendment is invoked before uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci is removed. I will tell you, though, um, a tweet uh, that I, of mine that went uh, a somewhat viral, as viral as somebody uh, you know with a my small platform can go. I, I will say that it looked as if many, many uh, lefties, not right America, were interacting with the tweet where it was a year ago, Tuesday, I believe, when Dr. Fauci said you can go on cruises. So I don't know. I, I think the tide might be turning on him just mm. a little bit, just based on my own little anecdotal nugget there. But but we'll see. Todd, what happens first and why? Well, I'm with Aaron. Uh, see, he won't. He'll just shapeshift and go away for a while or take a, a different tack and he's got away with it. And the problem is holding him accountable is tricky uh, because there's so many people for early on that became members of the cult. One of the, to step away and ultimately call him for the fraud he is also ultimately calls you out as yeah. well. And that's what's so self-reinforcing about the, the hardest thing about leaving the cult is just first of all saying out loud, uh, damn, I'm in a cult. You know, these people don't want to do it because they think they're the smartest people in the room. We all know who they are, where Karen gets her superpowers from. This is, it's, it, he will not be held accountable ever. Shannon, your answer to this question is what? 
I think it, it's absolutely going to be Fauci. And the reason, and this is a phenomenon that usually that usually only existed with press secretaries, right? But it is now true for bureaucrats, educrats, technocrats, anyone involved with the United States government. They have to get up and lie every day. Mm-hmm. They have to get up and lie and lie mm-hmm. and obfuscate and change the benchmarks, change the goalposts and lie some more and then lie a little bit more and do it over and over and over and over again. And until it it doesn't work any longer. And I think that we're seeing with Fauci especially to Aaron's point that Democrats, now that Trump is out of office and they don't have to worry about orange man bad any longer, they are becoming increasingly uncomfortable with lockdown. And I'm seeing this happen in in an astounding way in New York state, okay? The moms here, the lefty Karen moms are going bonkers, okay? They want these schools open, they're over it, it's done. And so they tacitly kind of accepted this whole COVID thing for a while because they knew in the back of their mind that, you know, this could help get rid of Donald Trump. But now that that's done, there is an, going to be an enormous backlash against Fauci. And so he's going to have to go. I also think they're going to change the narrative. I don't know if it's the Ides of March or I have PTSD, but I am getting the sense that there's going to be another event or they're going to try to manipulate some type of event. It might have it might um you know, coincide with some of these long-term effects of that mRNA technology in the vaccine. And if we have a problem there, then they're going to need, and my point being a problem is, you know, people start dropping dead from it because of, um, you know, that immune response. They're going to need someone in office to um, begin the new lie and to to take the ball, you know, down the field a little bit further. So I think it's absolutely going to be Fauci. I agree with Shannon. Um, I, I think, in fact, I'm even more bold. I think the lockdown thing is over. I think people are just beyond tired of it. And all the reasons that she indicated, it's what I see around the country as well. Um, and and the fact that he's getting pushback from the media that elevated him, that canonized him, beatified him, is because of what Shannon talked about. His lies have exhausted themselves. He 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 has outkicked his his coverage. The media can't cover for him now. They they told everybody last year when it when it was really uh, fifteen days to flatten the economy to win the election. Okay, they couldn't say that, and so the plan really was. Stay in your home without a vaccine, which really meant stay in your home while we use the mail-in votes to get the election outcome we want. That's what it really meant. But now that the vaccines are here, you can't, their their own narratives are colliding now too. They they have to stay with a consistent narrative too. Otherwise they look beyond foolish, even to their own base. Because yes, everybody that wants to, that that is in, in the branch Covidian cult that voted, voted for Joe Biden. But not everybody that voted for Joe Biden is in a branch Covidian cult. Shannon, you're right. There's a lot of Karens that are frankly sick of their friggin' kids. Okay. Want the schools open, want the kids out, want them at the movies, at the mall. They're beyond tired of it. And, yeah. and I think Fauci's usefulness, once Cuomo is gone, which will happen shortly, once yeah. that is gone, he will be the next target. I completely agree. That's the next trash that has to go. Why? Why, why Cuomo and then Fauci? Because they're the number one easiest targets for, the, for their political opponents, us, to, right. to, 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 to beat them over the head with. That's why they have to get rid of them. Exit question. If Fauci's six-month future were the lyrics to a Pearl Jam song, which Pearl Jam song lyrics would it be? A, 
Arms lay in a V as the dead lay in pools of maroon below. Which doesn't really mean anything. I just love that lyric. Uh, B, you're still alive, she says. Oh, but do I deserve to be? C, she lies and says she's in love with him. She can't find a better man. Or D, oh, praying now to something that has never showed him anything. Which do you think it is, Todd? B. B, you're, you're still, still alive, alive, she says, but do I deserve to be? Shannon, which one do you think it is? I don't get any of them. I don't even know what, I don't know, I don't get it. I don't. <laughs> you're Generation X and you don't get the Pearl Jam lyrics? You're fired. I oh, just wait, you don't, don't get how here. they relate. Okay. <laughs> I will say C. C? Um, yeah, I think it's D, actually, from Even Flow. I think, I think the people that Shannon describes realize they've been praying to this God and hasn't okay. really shown them anything. Is that your answer? You like that one too, Shannon? I, I understand it now. Okay. All right. I, I, my brain does not work that fast. I can't process the, that Lyric fast. A doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I, just, I just felt like I could not do a Pearl Jam reference without their best song, Jeremy. So I just threw that lyric in there. It required your Pearl Jam exegesis to finally get to the yes. cusp. Yes. Pearl Jam hermeneutics found only here on the Steve Day Show. Issue four, did the audience make the right call here? Look at these Twitter results. We asked our audience straight up, who would make a better president? Kirsten Cinema, the bisexual woman of the people in Arizona, the Democrat, uh, or Mike DeWine, who is hope hopelessly devoted, madly, madly in love with COVID-19. So I'm not asking you what your take is. All right. This time I'm getting around Shannon's. I don't do binary choices. Okay. <laughs> I'm asking you what you think of the audience's choice. Shannon, did they make the right call here? What do you think? The audience is brilliant. They're brilliant. That emperor is completely naked. He has no clothes. He needs to be exposed. And I would take a, you know, gay, bisexual, transgender. I don't even really care. Just as long as you get the fake GOP party out of power and make it hurt a little bit. Todd, 90 to 10. Kirsten Cinema led this audience um, over Mike DeWine in Ohio. What do you think? This is why this is Trumpism. It, that, that, the part of Trumpism that, that that's good that we like that extends yes. beyond the orange man. There, yeah. th this is what, and, and if we're going to be, if we're going to throw Rejects more than a bone, team GOP. yes, to our our the most ardent Trump supporters in our office or our audience, we don't do a good enough job of being thankful for this because there's no question that I, that I used to say these things when I didn't have freedom to. I just didn't care about annoying you, but now Trump has. I mean, the freedom I have. To, to say and have like no backlash from anybody in my audience, that's my team. That's my quarterback. Yeah. I'm, I should be far more thankful for that than I am because I do think it is a positive that we can just call BS on almost everybody now. Almost. There's still a few sacred cows out there, but on almost everybody now, you can call BS. I can even call BS on Trump. Provided I'm coming at him from the right. If I come at him, if it's if it's about, well, he's not nice enough, nobody cares about that. But like right. we, we proved last year on lockdowns, when we said all year long that was the dumbest decision anybody's ever made, our audience doubled. And a lot of them were people that went out and voted for him. So we should be more thankful to him for that. I should acknowledge that, so I just did. Aaron, your thoughts? Um, yeah, I was, I, was gonna, I was going to answer some uh, split the baby way, but... Um, that just didn't sit right with me. So I think they did. I think they did make the right call because just like you were tweeting this morning, 
you're sharing some weird foxholes. Or yeah. you're sharing I'm in a trench in the culture with Pierce Morgan and Naomi Wolf right now, guys. You're sharing some foxholes with some strange And I love that about people. me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm totally fine with it. Junior. <laughs> Let's get to our predictions. Aaron, go. Uh, I, I'm going to reiterate. Um, well, I guess I haven't made this prediction yet, so it's not a reiteration. I think Iowa is going to beat Wisconsin for a third time this evening. Sorry, Todd. Sorry. I think you're right. Um, and then tomorrow. You're not sorry. Narrator, I, he's not sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> also that. Um, tomorrow <laughs> is going to be probably one of the better uh, Big Ten uh, basketball tournament games in recent years between Iowa and Illinois. And my real prediction is that that game will go into overtime. Illinois is going to win, but overtime. Todd. Well, speaking of Iowa, Wisconsin, but listen, I, I'm not only going to die on this hill. I invented the hill. I was on this hill longer than anybody, and all the momentum is trending in my direction. Within the next... You uh, are not dunking on my yeah, team more than I no. do, Todd oh, says. Such a, wait, and I, I love that about you. I, I think like may, that. Maybe college basketball will be the first one. They're going to get rid of instant replay. I it, hope. And I hope that leads to, to it going... Ears away in the NFL and everywhere. It's it's stupid. It's dumb. It's made things worse. And I'm winning all those arguments. So it's fantastic. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think any of that's going to happen, though. Shannon, go ahead. I'll bet that Steve Dace is never, ever, 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 ever going to lump me again ever on Team Old Fogey on this, uh, this Dace group. All right? Like, I will listen. I, I'm sorry. I'll make it up to you. You're the best looking member of Team Old Fogey. Is that right, is that an it. acceptable penance? A little bit better. Okay. All right. Team All Aaron. Right. Okay. Um, well, the prediction I was going to make has already happened. Uh, that with Trump backing, Herschel Walker was going to run for U.S. Senate back in his home state of of Georgia. So that already occurred. So I got the tip on the dope rhino about that early this week. And then a couple days uh, later, it happened a little bit earlier than I was told it was going to. So I'm going to go one step further. Oh, you Herschel Walker. That's one of the greatest iconic college football calls of all time. When he was a freshman and he ran over Bill Bates. You remember that? You remember that play when we were kids? He ran over Bill Bates, the great safety for the Tennessee Volunteers who went on to play for like 75 years for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, I think he just retired last week. And he runs him over in the end zone and the call by the Georgia play-by-play guy. Oh, you Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker, dude. Herschel freaking Walker. It's going to be the new next U.S. Senator from the state of Georgia. Okay. May as well. I, listen, I kind of think that's completely, totally badass. I do. And it, to me, this is like, if you, you won't have to run for office now, okay? I know you've been wanting to run for office as a social experiment just to see if you could get elected, number one, and then number two, not cave like everybody else yes. seems to. Yeah, Herschel dude, Walker's going to do it for yes, you. Yes, Herschel yeah. Walker's going to do it for okay. you. I'm game. I'm I mean, like- dude, if Herschel freaking Walker goes there and becomes Kevin McCarthy then you know it's just not possible. All right? It's not. <laughs> stay home. Good. Okay? <laughs> Shannon, always good to see you. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, guys. We will return with Hour 2. It is Feedback Friday. It'll be your turn. Uh, and we will respond to your responses to us when we come back. Stay tuned.
Back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Email the program, steve at stevedace.com. You can also like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And of course, you've got the free speech alternatives to those platforms as well. Look for Steve Dace on Gab, MeWe, follow at Steve Dace on Parler. And if you're looking for clips of the show that you can sample yourself and then share, I hope, with others, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace or rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. And for those of you that are into the podcast, we're into you being into that podcast. So thank you very much. Please show your great gratefulness by hitting the subscribe button, leaving us a five-star review. The more of you that do that, the more uh, the podcast will continue to grow. And it also happens to please our overlords, uh, benevolent though they may be. Uh, they still exist down in Dallas at uh, Blaze HQ. So thank you to all of you, the thousands of you that have done those two things for us already. Let's begin a Feedback Friday sponsored by our friends over at ExpressVPN. We We've been talking about them on the show now for months, so why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Maybe you thought, hey, this is America. We've got free speech and privacy laws. <laughs> You're serious. Uh, no, we, we we don't have those things anymore, especially uh, if you voted for Trump last time. You're probably on a list, but you probably already knew that. So why do you want to use ExpressVPN when there's others out there that you could use instead? Well, uh, first of all, it's easy to set up. Uh, you can put it up uh, on up to five of your devices in no time at all for both your computer and smartphone. It encrypts your network data, reroutes it through a secure server, so you can use the internet more anonymously without having all of your activity tracked by people that, frankly, would like to end you. Uh, so take it with me. With ExpressVPN, you launch the app, just tap one button to protect yourself, and you are good to go. It's just that simple. It's why it was rated last year number one by several different outlets. So now's the time for you to take the stance with ExpressVPN. Take back your privacy at expressvpn.com slash Steve. Again, go to expressvpn.com slash Steve and find out how you can get an extra three months for free when you sign up at expressvpn.com slash Steve. You guys ready to go? Yes, let's go. Yep. All right. This is one of the few times I've ever been criticized in this manner. This is someone claiming I'm being too easy on the audience. All right. This is Mark Barham. He writes, you guys are being too nice to this audience. I'm willing to bet you haven't heard that much before, but it is true. They need a kick in the pants to get in the fight before it's too late. Usually I listen to your show every day live on the Blaze TV, but I had to miss it today. I had to calm down a parent after their 11-year-old autistic daughter came home from school crying um, to tell her mom that she is sorry for being white. She was sorry for slavery and all of the benefits she enjoys for being white, and she was beyond upset. Steve, tell your viewers they're a bunch of cowards. If they really cared about the rise of the trans movement, critical race theory in their kids' schools, and every other movement from the bowels of hell we're witnessing, it wouldn't be going on. Audiences like yours have the power to stop the spirit of the age by just taking actions, by just getting off their rear ends. I run a local grassroots group that is currently on a crusade against the 1619 Project in our local schools. 
I send my email list of I send an email list with your videos on a weekly basis. They watch them and agree with your message, but they don't care, Steve. They know who the enemy is, what the enemy is doing, but they would rather let someone else deal with it. Most wouldn't even care enough to act for this poor autistic girl. Please be brutally honest with your audience. You've outlined the enemy and nearly their every step to take down Western civilization as we know it. Yet too many don't care enough to act. Most of your people, your audiences, are really just waiting for the cavalry, to, or the cavalry to rush in to save the day. Help them realize that they are the cavalry. They are the last line of hope for their kids, grandkids, and Western civilization. And history will judge them, not the enemy, for how they react. Will they stay out of the fight and look like an, abs- an abused wimp to their kids as they watch in horror as their lives change beyond repair? Or will your audience stand up and fight? Go to board meetings, start political groups, but the fear of God in their elected officials. Please put a foot up your audience's butt all the way to the kneecap as they know the enemy, but they just don't seem to care enough to act on it. Fair or unfair, or is there a little bit that's fair and a little that's oh, I didn't, unfair? I didn't really hear criticism of us. I think this is a guy who's just fed up and he's actually, he is us out there doing what he can but uh, listen i get it i feel this in my own uh district and you keep marching on so i this is him telling us thank god really it was more of a compliment and a pat on the back and don't be afraid to burn it down even more i mean i i really didn't honestly hear a a criticism let me tell you this though mark i have been inundated with emails these last few months of people who have taken this year's vision the answer is us and the challenge to do something, and are doing it. I've probably answered more questions about how do I run for office and things of that nature. I've gotten so many of those, I, I don't even have time to answer them all. So I, I do think some form of a sleeping giant is beginning to awaken, okay? I, at least I, I see evidence of it in my own inbox anyway. Any thoughts on that? Well, I hope you're right, but I, yeah, I think you're right as well. We've just in the last uh, couple of weeks had a couple of women on who, you know, homeschooling uh, moms, pretty uh, soft-spoken, but they're out there fighting the war as hard as anybody else. So, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I and that's not to say that the pressure ever needs to go down on an audience um, or on our audience, but I would say... Um, there are more instances than I have ever heard of when I'm, when I'm on this show, as I've been on the show and working for Steve, more instances of people taking affirmative action, like actual positively steps, action, uh, that I can ever recall. Um, I don't know if that's been your experience too, Steve, but, um, that's not to say that it's enough, (laughs) but that it is happening more than than ever before. And, and I'm with Todd too. I didn't really hear much of a, a criticism. I just, it, it sounded not to be narcissistic here, but it kind of sounded like me talking to you about uh, the, the, the mask mandate, Steve, really Texans, Texans were really, really ticked off about that. It went into effect July of last year, in the heat of the summer, in the heat of the summer, in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you can't tell me that they were really upset about that and that they just let it go on for, for that long. It's kind of that type of yeah. vibe that I'm getting. Let me also say this, too. Uh, as someone that's been involved at a grassroots level in my home state, from school board to state legislature, governor, 
um, was involved in the effort from the ground up in in what is still the only time in American history we have defrocked judges in the, off the Supreme Court by popular referendum, etc. That it is it it doesn't take as many of us as you think to make this happen, but it takes more than zero. Okay, it takes more than we currently have. But it doesn't take as many of us as you think it does. And the long-term ramifications of that um, are seen in the, in the way our state has behaved during an unparalleled, unprecedented crisis compared to a lot of others. Where even when our governor has, has on a temporary basis, instituted some of these flat-earth voodoo precautions that don't work, She's always put like deadlines and things of that nature on them. Um, there's that doesn't mean, by the way, Iowa is uh, absent of any of this stuff. You know, 30 miles up the road here uh, at Iowa State University's campus uh, or off uh, or county where Iowa State University is located. Uh, we have critical race theory being taught to all the kids in the Ames High School, uh, uh, which is complete and total paganism that we that. It is meant to deconstruct your way of life. So I don't want to make it look like Iowa is absent of these issues. But you have watched our, our state behave in ways that's counter to what a lot of other states that are uh, Mississippi, Texas, Alabama's uh, female governor has a mask fetish, KIV. Uh, you have seen our state has behaved from the beginning. We our state never declared uh, a locked a shutdown. Our state never formally shut down. For example, I think we were only one of two or three states that refused. Remember all those stories in the New York Times uh, at this time last year. I can't believe Iowa states like Iowa haven't shut down. Meanwhile, you can ride the subway in New York City. Yeah. Okay. Remember those conversations? Smoldering piles yes. of stories. There's a reason why our state has behaved, and let me tell you why. Yeah, I did play some role in this, but it's because I was willing to use the biggest platform in the state of Iowa to advance it. Let me tell you who really does stuff like that and who really helped helped sustain what we started here. My buddy Bob Vanderplatz, who joins us. But then also, how about those two homeschool moms and wives that we had on the show last week? Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's moms and homeschool moms and wives and just, you know, dads like that almost Everywhere in the state of Iowa, except for a couple of counties that are dominated by college campuses that are very socialist or left-leaning. And it didn't take a lot of them, folks. It just took some of them, and they had to be persistent with it. So it doesn't require this massive monolith. You know, we don't we don't need the kinds of crowds that show up at these rallies we do, whether it's the March for Life or these other rallies we do on the on the mall. Those are, those are impressive shows of support, but it really doesn't take that many. It just takes more than we have right now. And it takes a level of persistence that until recently, frankly, we have not really shown we have. And now we must have it. Oh, just take whatever that number is on the mall. It was a very large number at the mall. If you just take them, and spread them back across this country and have yeah. them showing up regularly. Yeah. That's an army that will have to be reckoned with. Yes. You don't need that crowd in every state. Just take whoever, just tell those people to go back to their states now and do this at home. Don't just come to the event and then go back home. And one of the things 
And I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm biting off my nose to spite my face because it's how I pay my bills, okay? But I, I, there aren't too many people at our level or above us in our industry that are also, that were raising a young family all this time that they were doing this. I am one of those few people. So I have had another consideration other than my career growth chart. Does that mean I don't care about my career growth chart at all? No. Does that mean I don't ever talk about it with you guys? No. But what's the ratio of that compared to how much we talk about the principles we're actually here trying to advance? One to 10. Well, yeah. So it does come up. I'm a guy, right? You know, so I've got an ego. I, I want to be number one. I want to be bigger. I want to make more money. That, I'm not denying any of that. But it's not the number one driving impulse. Because I'm at a stage in life right now where I'm raising a family. My oldest is just now about to move out. I've got two other teenagers. Um, what kind of life are, am I going to leave behind for them? What kind of culture are we going to hand over to them? And that's why I've always been fixated more on the activist side of things. A lot of you, I think, and God bless you for it, think my platform is bigger than it is. It's bigger, it's growing, but I, I don't have a Rush Limbaugh, Mark Levin type of, Sean Hannity type of platform that if I just gave out a, you know, the name of my book, we sell 15,000 copies that day, or if I just sound a shofar, everyone shows up. I, I don't have that. And frankly, what we need are those that have the largest platforms in our audience to be more involved in mobilizing them for activism rather than just informing them and or entertaining them. Those things are important, but the, the, the trade-off of having this very lucrative industry known as conservative media is that sometimes we forget that we're an industry born out of a movement. And instead we have, we are, we become, uh, we're trying to be a movement born out of an industry and it should be the other way around. Does that make sense? Of course. All right, let's go next to Tanner, who writes, I'm 18 years old and live in Denver, Colorado. I'm a huge fan of your show. Love what you guys do. You act as an inspiration to us. Uh, given that race is far less significant than gender, for example, a white man and a black man have far more in common than a white man and a white woman. Why are celebrities constantly getting canceled for taking on certain characteristics of minority cultures while those who take on characteristics of the opposing gender get celebrated? I would like to point out that I find the cancellation and celebration of both stupid and unnecessary. P.S. I'm obsessed with built bars now, so thank you for introducing me. Tanner. How old did he say he was? 18. Tanner, you are um, you are committing, at a very young age, my friend, you are committing a cardinal sin in America today. But it is a sin, my friend, um, that I would urge you to go on committing. Because it is not against the one true God, but it is against the God of this world, small g, the spirit of the age, and its cult. And that, that, my brother, is the sin of critical thinking. You go on and you keep doing that all the way to the end. And then may your house in your generation increase. Because the number one, well, number two, truth would be number one. Truth is the number one casualty in our culture today. The second is critical thinking. A lot of people don't want to have to critically think. 
And then a lot of people oppose you being able to critically think. It dawned on me yesterday, and I put this tweet out there, and it was it, it was one that you inspired, Aaron, and it's it's gone uh, a bit viral uh, since I put it out there. The last year has taught us how many Americans really don't want to be Americans anymore. They, they don't want to be Americans anymore. And as you pointed out on the program yesterday, Aaron, they, that all along you thought the lockdowns would not last as long as they did correct because it was getting in the way of our twin idols of entertainment uh leisure and decadence correct. right folks when a culture prefers to be contained even over its idol of being entertained that's death of the west now okay like you can have a certain level of decadence in a culture and it can be it can be uncomfortable for those who are righteous, but that can also be a culture that is advancing on some front on the world stage because its decadence is an outpouring or a manifestation of its of the strength of its will. It's just being channeled improperly. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Okay. Um, but when a, when a culture says, "I don't, I don't even want harems anymore. I don't even want." One wife, I'll just stay home with uh, some uh, lotion and watch porn on the internet by myself in a basement. Oh, oh, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. That 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 now is now where a culture has not just embraced um, licentiousness. It it it's just it's given up. It it's lost a will to advance itself like on any level whatsoever. And when a culture says, I, you know, I guess I'd rather sit home and watch Tiger King than, you know, sit behind home plate for a manager special at my ballpark like I used to every day, outdoors in the sun. That we're, we're heading to death of the West when that happens. And, and it's hard to share a culture with people who don't want to be Americans anymore. And there's a lot of them, unfortunately. Yeah, it's not just a forfeit of life anymore. You've actually forfeited living. In da- yes, in Dante's, that's a great way of putting it. In Dante's Inferno, when you get to that final circle of hell, that it, if memory serves, the the devil is there encased in ice. Mm-hmm. Just and that's the you're you've just painted a hell on earth. Mm-hmm. That is um, that's bleak. Here's the good news. Goes back to what I said a few minutes ago about Mark saying I needed to kick the audience in the pants a little bit more often. If that is where a lot of Americans are, and I think they showed this past year they are, then it really doesn't take that many of us, many of us, to run them over. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If there's that many Americans that are just going to roll over and play dead, then they're even easier for us to outmaneuver. Then it just takes commitment and persistence. That's all. We'll come back with more of your feedback here in a moment. I didn't think the clock was wrong. Ron, are you freaking kidding us, Ron? Is Ron watching a basketball game? Ron, I'm sitting here doing a show, <laughs> watching a college basketball game when my coach gets thrown out. <laughs> Did he get thrown out? Yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened. I just looked and Juwan Howard got thrown out of the game. Yeah, and he, he was like losing his mind. Fighting. Yeah. Oh, outstanding. But, all right. I was like, 
I didn't think it was time for the break, but... And it, it, there's a certain amount of irony that I'm, I'm talking here about pushing back and just some idle voice in my ear says 30. And so I just compliantly yeah. say, all right, we got to wrap it up. <laughs> it's for the children. And then I, even look at the, I didn't even look at the clock until we, all the music and everything was done. And I looked at the clock. I'm like, wait a minute. And I, I got to follow some of my own advice. Let's continue on. On a Feedback Friday after that extremely awkward pause. Brought to you by Joe Biden's Dementia. Uh, Josh Suters writes, I'm a senior music education student at James Madison University. Oh man, sorry about what happened to you guys during championship week. I always feel for those schools that like win their conference in the regular season. Yeah. And then losing the conference tournament, you know. Uh, I'm a daily listener of you guys' show. I love segments like Buy, Seller, Hold, Feedback Friday, etc. As you can probably tell, though, I'm also a conservative. I consider myself to be a constitutionalist conservative on, uh, and maybe somewhat libertarian on some issues. However, I'm not emailing you to tell you about all the views I have but rather to ask for any advice you guys may have on being slandered. Due to the fact that I'm a conservative on a college campus, as well as a very open one about my politics, I've been slandered over and over again, most recently being called a racist and having it make quite a bit of a splash in the School of Music here at JMU. Of course, this is not the first time I've been called this, along with homophobic, transphobic, and the other various cancer culture specialties, and it certainly won't be the last, as I'm a conservative going into the leftist field of education. One of my direct in the school of music cannot believe someone would call me a racist however he is on the left as well meaning he has never had to experience the slander that those of us on the right side of the aisle endure every day so my question to you is where does this stop when does the deliberate attack on people like us stop when will there be finally be a point that those of us that are conservative don't have to be scared that we will lose our jobs or in my case future job simply because of politics and finally what can i do at my university level to try and stop this culture from continuing to fester so josh first of all man thank you for what you're trying to do and stand up for okay there are two answers to your question one that is completely out of your control and another that you have a role in controlling so let me let me start with the answer that is completely out of your control revival or bust We haven't said that in a while, but that's still the default setting of this program. Revival or bust. This thing will not stand. It's not standing now. You're watching it collapse. Uh, you know that story in the Atlantic I was talking about yesterday on Theology Thursday at the gym this morning. CBS News had the author of that, of that piece on. Lamenting how they were disturbed about how this is the country's coming apart with political polarization as politics becomes the new religion. And I'm and I'm watching this on the on the elliptical at the gym this morning and I'm thinking to myself, this is what you guys said you wanted. People like me warned you. For 20 years or so we were able to have a nice tidy little culture war in America within the white lines. It didn't spill out over to our sporting events, our kids little league games. All right, we had a nice, tidy little culture war going on within the white lines. We had elections. We had our favorite cable news channels for our particular narrative to get advanced. And then when the day was over, we all sat and watched. We all sat and went down to the stadium and watched our favorite team and cheered for them together. We pulled that thing off for a couple of decades. 
But you folks on the left at places like CBS News and The Atlantic, that wasn't good enough for you. You wanted secularization. So you wanted to remove God, who's the one thing standing between any culture and sectarian, tribalistic disintegration. Every culture that, re, that, that turns its back on God turns towards idolatry, which ultimately leads to sectarian, tribalistic, warring sides. Disintegration as they all debate wh whose idol is more worthy of the idolatry. This is what you said you wanted. You're getting it. Why are you upset? We secularized all the mainstream arguments and we took any role God or his word has in determining our way of life completely out of the public square. And now you don't like the concept. Then, then you, you got, we warned you, hey, if you're going to, especially if you're going to do that and just make religion completely a private affair, definitely don't make politics a zero sum game then. Meaning that you can't go anywhere where it doesn't become a divisive issue. We literally cannot live together unless we agree on everything politically. We warned you. Didn't how many times did we warn you? Don't do that. You will not like the, you will not like where that goes. And now I'm watching this this morning as they lament where it goes, which which is what we warned them about all along. So the first answer to your question, Josh, is revival or bust. The second one is though, and you can't control that. You can pray for it, hope for it. But ultimately, that is a jurisdiction above you and I. So that brings us to the one you have a role in controlling. Keep doing what you're doing, Josh. Refuse to accept it. First of all, treat people well. Love your neighbor as yourself. Treat people well. Go out of your way to be kind, compassionate, and considerate. In every setting where it's not a direct confrontation between your belief system and theirs. But aside from that, in the, in the other places, treat folks well. So that, like you mentioned, the person you're with in this music department, you've built up a certain amount of character with him. This is going to sound an awful lot like a Sermon on the Mount beatitude. But you've built up a certain amount of character with him that he can't be smart you. He's, he's seen what kind of a human being you are. Let others see that too. Do not go for the false choice of, I have to be a douchebag or I don't stand up for what I believe in. Stand up for what you believe in fiercely. Don't back down one iota. Eye to eye if you have to. But outside of that setting, mercy triumphs over judgment. You have to walk and chew gum at the same time. This is true for all of us. And then... Make them in broad daylight when and if they finally decide to, to run you. Make them do it in broad daylight for the reasons that they don't want to have to admit that they're doing it. And then people like me will help you uh, become famous and viral when they do this to you. But that's the path. Treat people well. Refuse to back down at the same time. One iota. And then be willing to take the slings and the arrows. Any other thoughts on that? You must be comfortable being uncomfortable. If, and if you're going into music education, I, th I mean, either you need to make a conscious decision to go out into rural Iowa or something like that 
and teach there. But if you go in to even in Des Moines, Iowa, our largest city, or one of the suburbs here, you know, unless something changes, uh, you're you're going to be going to war on some level. And there's be honest with yourself about that. Um, that's one of the fundamental problems, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier on why we're dealing with what we're dealing with is our level of comfort in this. We don't want to give that up. We think the yep. United States is just on autopilot. It can't possibly go away. That's it can't right. be Rome. Oh, yes, it can. Nothing's going to change unless we're willing to be uncomfortable. It's going to take being willing to be uncomfortable. More of your feedback Fridays. Are we right? Is the clock right this time? I think so. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll come back with more here in a moment. Well, one of the things we learned over the last year is if you can take control of your health to do so, because you never know when they'll make the stupid decision like shutting the healthcare system down again. Uh, that's where our friends at Brickhouse Nutrition come in. Because, you know, a lot of the things like, you know, now the stuff I told you at this time last year, vitamin C, a lot of the vitamin D. Now they want to now they want to admit all this stuff. Right. This has been established science for actually in this case centuries a lot of the stuff that we always knew we're we're relearning it again uh, for example a diet rich in fruits and vegetables typically the uh, somebody who eats more of those is typically healthier than somebody who doesn't why is it because those things um, come with a lot of the vitamins minerals nutrients uh, that help um, your body uh, be healthier uh, the immune system in the gut, heart health, et cetera. Duh. Well, it's new nowadays. Unfortunately, it's not easy to go to the store constantly, get fresh produce. Uh, that's where our friends over at Brickhouse Nutrition come in with Field of Greens. It is packed with 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables plus other natural ingredients that are healthy and good for you too, like ginger, beets, green tea, and more. Powerful combination that supports overall health like heart health, immune system, metabolism, blood pressure, digestion, etc. Just put one scoop in any glass of a water-based drink, stir it up, and you are good to go. You're going to probably get in that one drink more fruits and vegetables than the average American gets in a day, if not more. If you want to give it a shot, Go to BrickHouseSteve.com right now. Get 15% off your first order with the promo code Steve at checkout. And they've got it available now in multiple flavors. So BrickHouseSteve.com, 15% off your first order with the promo code Steve at BrickHouseSteve.com. Let's continue on with some feedback Friday. This is from Eric who says, why don't Christians and conservatives use class action lawsuits? It's great to debate the issues and try to speak of morals and ethics, but there's real victims of radical agendas. I watched Senator Paul try to ask Rachel Levine a serious question, and he was devoid of any concern regarding Senator Paul's question. You're not going to win an argument with that. So why aren't we focused on actual victims? I want to see a clash action lawsuit against drug companies in the state of California on behalf of young men and women who started taking hormones or had transition surgeries as minors, but later realized it was a mistake. If, as we've heard from guests on your show, there are a large number of people who realize as they got older that they had made a mistake, then I am literally praying for a team of good lawyers to make the case that these people are victims of doctors, drug companies, and the state. Um, Eric? That is an excellent question, which is why I included it on here. 
Um, something that Daniel Horowitz and I have talked about privately is we cannot believe there have not been class action lawsuits and stuff against the masks. I mean, against the lockdowns. We've, we've honestly been flabbergasted at it. So uh, maybe there's an attorney who's not completely sold out to the spirit of the age listening in this audience who could answer this question, but it's a good one. The, the, answer, the best answer I could give you is what you've heard me say before. We're not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We're a nation of political will, and we always will be. I think those attorneys and the people who may be thinking about it, the fact that this is going on simultaneously with woke culture, people believe if you pick a fight these days, you may not just lose the fight, but you may be canceled altogether. Yeah. Well, that goes back to what I just said then. You don't have the political will, so you're going to get rolled. Yep. Don't blame anybody. Don't blame the spirit of the age. You know, it's my old buddy, Brad Stein. I've talked about this before, too. He's got a part of his original comedic routine is, you know, Catholics see Mary everywhere and Protestants see the devil everywhere. I, I can't believe I lost my job. The devil's after me. Uh, no, moron. You were late for work three days in a row and never offered an excuse or never called in. You did you. You played yourself. Okay, so if, if you're right and you could very well be correct about that, if you're right, then understand they didn't do this to you. You did it to you. You allowed yourself to be outflanked, outcommitted uh, and outconvicted. So you played yourself. I have no sympathy for that on any level whatsoever. Do you? No, I'm, but okay. I think that's I I think there's just this level of paranoia now that is crippling people more than ever. Uh, yeah, it's not an excuse ultimately, but I think that's a way of connecting the dots. Elliot Want writes, I've been watching, listening to your show regularly since 2019, but it was your COVID reporting that has truly been a blessing to me. I'm a questioning person by nature and having someone else who asked the same questions and had the time and motivation to find the answers has been a huge benefit. Thank you. My in-law's house is only 15 minutes away from ours, but both my father-in-law in his 70s and my mother-in-law, who has MS but cancer in remission, had enough health concerns that we were very concerned about them getting severe health complications from COVID, which is wise to be that concerned. Early on, we did all the shopping for them, leaving it in their garage or on the front porch, but this was driving my mother-in-law crazy. They were used to us and our kids, three, we have three under eight, being over there four to five times a week in phone calls or seeing each other through the window just wasn't cutting it. Eventually, with help from the facts you guys provided, we broke that barrier and started seeing them again in person, which pretty quickly returned to normal with them. We continued to limit their interactions with the public, but with the help of actual facts, we were able to get us and them back to as a normal life as we can under Governor Blackface here in Virginia. This has been an extra blessing considering my mother-in-law died suddenly in early January of this year. It wasn't COVID and it wasn't her other known health conditions. It was a heart condition that none of her many doctors had found. None of her friends that are current or retired medical professionals picked up on. As much as the suddenness of it has royally sucked, having it happen at her home instead of walled off in a hospital separated from us has been a help. So thank you to you three, your families and friends that supported you through this, and to all the others that have asked the same questions and provided helpful answers. Your questions and answers helped us have as normal a life as we could for what ended up being the last nine months of my mother-in-law's life. 
the reason I wanted to share Elliot's email with you in the audience is because it's a reminder. There's, there's, there's a bigger cause at stake here than can I get booked on Fox News tonight? How many books will I sell? How good will our movie be? How many live reads did we sell out in the show? Those things are all part of this job. They have a certain level of importance to make sure that this job can be successful and can continue being a job, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing about any of those things I just mentioned are bad, terrible, on their face, immoral, wicked, right? Right. Right. But they can be if they become the alpha and the omega of why we're doing what we're doing here. We're playing for real stakes here. Real stakes. I knew at this time last year, if I go all in on this and I'm wrong, my career is over. In fact, the three of us had that conversation privately before I did what I did. Because it wouldn't just be my career over, it'd be the two of yours are pretty much over too. We'd be doing something else for a living. I mean, push back on a pandemic when people's lives are at stake and be wrong. And by the way, if, if I was wrong, I would have deserved everything I would have gotten. And I think that's why some of my peers were nervous about pushing back on this. Maybe they had larger platforms. More at stake to lose. You know, I just have Todd and Aaron as my employees out of my pocketbook. I don't have 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. I don't have publicists and all the other people that some others have. So I get it. There's a calculation there. But you know what, though? The calculation works the other way, too. Because not only did I debate with myself at this time last year, what if I'm wrong? You know what I also debated with myself? What if I'm right? What if I'm right? And then you didn't help people like this, and then you're the previous right. discussion. You played yourself. That's right. What if I'm right, and I could have helped families like this have meaning and joy in the time they had remaining. But I didn't do it because I was afraid I, I wouldn't be supported or I'd get banned or shunned. You know, I just signed a movie deal for a book. I got a lot on the line right here. I've got three teenagers in my home. I got to pay for it, right? Those are all legitimate concerns, mm -hmm. right? And... We shouldn't be reckless in not considering those things. Those, those responsibilities help make us responsible to make sure we're not just recklessly throwing stuff out there. So it was, it was right to consider all of those things. But I do fear that too often people in my position or above my position, but in, above my station, but in a similar position, maybe is a better way of putting it. People in, in my position or people who are in my position, but above my current station, too much is calculated based off of what if we're wrong? What if this doesn't work? What if we lose? I'm not saying don't consider that at all. It is wise to consider that. But I also think it's wise to consider what if you're not? What if you're right? What if you win? I think maybe what helps me a little bit with this is just 
I'm being a kid born to a 15 year old mom. My default mechanism, <clears throat> pardon me, my, my default mechanism is all in. I often have to be talked out of that. And, and there's nothing wrong with people who are more cautious. It takes everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Wisdom in a multitude of counsel. My default setting though is uh, whatever, I'm all in. I mean, I shouldn't even be here right now. I'm a, I was born to a 15 year old mom and poor white trash. So let's see what we got. Let's go for it. I mean, I walked away. I could have earned 85 to 130 grand a year for the rest of my life at WHO. Essentially got to do everything in Iowa that I wanted to do for free. Raise my family in a really cool suburb where they never had to move. That's a pretty nice life. There's worse ways, right? Yeah. Could have done that. I was like, eh, let's go all in. See what we can do. Now we're here doing the show after Glenn Beck, one of the biggest names in the history of the industry. My So my default mechanism being a kid born to the 15-year-old mom who barely escaped the abortionist uh, knife, my default mechanism is just to go like playing with house money like pretty much daily. So let's see, I'll call the hand. Let's see what we got. Doesn't always play work out for me though. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it blows up in my face. And so I need to sometimes have cautious people around me. All right. But I think sometimes we are way too cautious, the people in my position. maintaining your success and 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 how that gets to reward the other people around you is important that's being a good steward right but all here's the ultimate success though that's important success it's not the ultimate success the ultimate success is using the platforms we have to maintain a way of life that has been one of the few bright lights in this creation where everything groans with sin east of eden to me, that's the ultimate win. Thank you for your note, Elliot. It's a reminder and it's an encouragement to us um, that what we're doing makes a difference, but it's a reminder to us to keep doing it the way that we're doing it for the reasons we're doing it. <sighs> Shelly Daldo writes, I'm a ditto head. I've been reading and listening to anything and everything Rush uh, since he passed away. I've heard a lot of radio TV folks ask who will replace who will replace Rush. Some answer that there isn't just one person that the void must be filled by all of us, and I don't disagree that we all need to step up, but I can't help but feel the answer might be you guys' show. Todd and Aaron are strong forces in their own right. The three of you together are a mighty trinity. Thank you for lighting a fire under me as well as making me laugh so hard. Your show helps me keep moving forward and not curling up in the fetal position and sucking my thumb. That's very kind, Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there won't be anybody like him. First of all, our, our our industry wouldn't even allow it anyway, number one, just because a lot of the networks that are carrying people like Rush or were carrying people like Rush hate the program, uh, don't believe in it, and only carry it because it was grandfathered in when they took it over and it was making so much money they couldn't justify getting rid of it. So that's the sad reality of where we are. Um, but the fact you think we could even... Uh, you know, be the shoe on the statue is quite an honor. So thank you very much. Who knows? Though? Come talk to us after a book and a movie. You know, I did just give a really resounding speech about, it's about more than that, you know. No, but I'm just saying that the opportunity. Okay. I'm right. capitalizing. Okay. I'm, I'm, okay. right. It is about more. I'm saying after that, those are the things that make a, 
magnify voice in all of the that's is, true, uh, proper ways. Sorry. Uh, is Monday the 15th? Yes. Yeah, it's the 15th. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Monday's the end. Inter- yep. Well, the 16th is actually when they launched. Would you say? Would you say? <laughs> I'm just saying it's payday. Oh. <laughs> I give up. I tried. But the the books and the movies aren't like about nothing. They're about I give this impassioned speech. Todd just basically you know, was easy E. You, hey, you got to go for yours because I'm going to go for no, mine. The books, Aaron responds with, isn't it payday Monday? I give up. I've read the book and the movie. They're about the pre- advancing the principles. I think you're a little worried about Juwan and you just need to take a step back. It's all going to be good. You know what I need to tell you about is rough greens. I've been talking about rough greens for quite a while now. It's a powder that you sprinkle over your dog's food. Why not just go right to a commercial endorsement while we're at it? See? Yes. Uh, but with the simple act of putting that powder on your dog's food, you're probably giving your pet the nutrition they're lacking because chances are that store-bought food they love was dead as a doornail when it left the factory. Vitamins, minerals, nutrients, pro, prebiotics, uh, omega oils, antioxidants stripped out of there so it would stay fresh longer for mass production consumption same thing happens to the people food we eat that's why we use so many supplements these days and now there's a supplement for your pet maybe you're thinking i don't know am am i sure my pet's gonna like it how about we just give it to you to find out just give you a bag all you're gonna pay is the shipping we'll give you a two-week supply for free you just play you just pay for the shipping find out does my dog like it does it work roughgreens.com that's where you need to go. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com. Free 14-day jumpstart bag for you. Just pay for the shipping to see, hey, is this something my pet can get into? At roughgreens.com or you can give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG. Again, that's R-U-F-F, 833-ROUGH-DOG. Um, this has been a weird show, okay? Uh Ron forgot how to tell time, the engineer in Dallas. I referred to Shannon as an old fogey. Uh, I On my side screen, my head coach almost got in a fist fight with the other coach. This has been a weird show. All right. But we're going to stick around and do the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash days for the rest of you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you again on Monday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.